Hey, Janet. Hey, Kent. Do you think that glass coffins would ever be a success? I don't know. What do you think? Eh, remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I like that one. <laughs> Welcome to Manny vs. Mommy. That's Janet Barton. That's Kent Hexum. Oh, I was going to say, that's Lady Janet Barton. <gasps> oh, we start using our official Lord names. Kent Hexum. We need to plan a date to go to the driver's license division and just get it switched over officially. And then I think we'll be more prone to do it because we have proof on our little license, you know? I just got a new driver's license in the mail, though. Oh. Have you not gotten one? I am not a star really snitch yet. I'm not. Ooh. I keep hearing people say that they're getting just sent them randomly. Yeah, it's but really my weird. license is good through next year, so maybe they're taking their sweet time on sending it to me. Yeah. It's even what? like different. Why am I not a Starbelly Sneech? Maybe because it's so soon they're like, oh, we'll just do it when she renews it. Maybe, but yours, well, when did yours expire? It's the same expiration date, same issue and expiration date. So 2020, so I've got two years. Yeah. I think mine's set to expire in 21, though. Why wouldn't I have mine yet? Oh, well. I just know that I like If driving. I needed to fly, I wouldn't worry as much. Well, you do have to have it. Not unless you have a passport, though. I think a passport is fine. Hopefully. But, yeah, I need to be a Starbelly Sneech soon. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with our three things. You ready? I am. It's kind of uh, following on the heels of our last episode. Uh-oh. I want to hear three words or short phrases on keys to good friendship. Ooh. Communication. Clear expectations. Fun. Cool. I hadn't thought about mine, even though I picked it. <laughs> I never think about it. I just go off of what I feel in the moment. Um, trust. Clear boundaries or expectations, like you said. Um, mutual vulnerability. <laughs> What's so funny about that? You said vulnerability, and I totally heard vulnerability. <laughs> mutual vulnerability. Oh, uh, we each have to be at least a of, six and a half. What type of friends are we talking about? <laughs> well, I can't dissociate with you unless you're at least a six and a half. Sorry. Yes. You got to be a little higher on the vulnerability scale. Oh, are you telling me that right now? You don't think I'm a six and a half? <laughs> Yeah, you gotta work your way up, honey. <laughs> Maybe grow the hair out. I want to see the mullet. Oh, it's it's kind a of a permullet. A permullet. That's my goal. I'll Get teach it. my mom for not cutting my hair. <laughs> what I want to do. Look, done. mom, this permullet's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I blame you. It's a, I did it because of, or I did it for watching you. What was that old drug commercial? I learned it from watching you, all right? <laughs> when the kid's smoking marijuana. Yeah. Not even one marijuana. Have you seen that meme floating around that's got Steve Carell? And I think the guy from, I don't know, he's an old rock star that looks like Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. Do you know who I'm talking about? I is he do. from Kiss? Or was he on his own? Alice in Chains? No. I, I don't know. ACDC? So. I don't know. But it's a guy who looks a lot like Steve Carell, just a lot older. And it says, not even one marijuana's. Like, <laughs> this is what happens after just one marijuana's. Still think it's safe. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it and post that meme to I don't page. know it's if funny. I still have it. Can you look at the front of my hair? I had a ringlet earlier. Like a full on. Oh, it's like scooped up right here for sure. That I would call that a ringlet. It's coming in I pretty had, sweet. Like, it was a full section. I was kind of not even playing with that side too much. Yeah, I, I always wear my pants through my hair now that I have some. 
Yeah, now that you have hair to run your fingers through. Uh, my widow's peak is... And the color, fantastic. I mean, it's on point. It's like faded... <laughs> faded blue. Sea foam green in some areas. Yeah. yeah. Still blue on the top a little bit, but coming in kind of brownish blonde. It's my natural color in case you forgot. I have forgotten. It's been over a year. When it grows out, though, it looks a little more blonde. I think it just yeah. looks darker in contrast to how light the ends are right now. But I think as it grows out, it'll look more blonde. I get really sun bleached, too. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure that's super interesting for all of our listeners. <laughs> Anywho. If you made it this far, congratulations. So something happened last night, which I thought was really funny. And it led to what I wanted to talk to you about today. You were, we were at Jody's house after our dinner detective, and you were talking about how much pain you were in. <laughs> and then you were like, I love being pregnant. Like, it sounds miserable. Why? <laughs> yeah, as I'm talking about how much pain I'm in and dealing with the side effects of pregnancy, it is still an amazing, beautiful thing. So there's this article that I keep seeing going around. It's called, Please Stop Telling Moms to Enjoy Every Minute. And it's written by Jessica Johnston. She's a mom of four. And I think it's kind of a fun or interesting viewpoint. Because growing up, especially in the household I did with Disney and Happily Ever Afters, I didn't realize life was going to always be this hard. <laughs> like, don't we just reach a point where like our problems solved and we're just good forever now? Oh, I know. I try and tell the teenagers that. I'm like, oh, honey, it doesn't get easier. <laughs> It gets different. It. it gets it's different. different. It's all different stresses, different yep. everything. But Jessica says, nothing makes me want to quit as nothing makes me feel quite as overwhelmed as the words enjoy every minute. Like, do you mean right now while my kids are spread eagle on the target floor demanding a slushy? Do you mean when I had to make dinner and half the family is crying because it looks weird? Do you mean when I clean the toilets and I wonder how the pee reached the corner underneath the trash can? <laughs> I can do it. It's worth it. But enjoying every minute is a different type of pressure. Agree. So do you think, what's your viewpoint on society? Has it changed? So there's more pressure for parents? Has it gotten easier? Because you've been a parent um, for a while now. Yeah, going on a couple decades. I don't know. It's not any more pressure or any less. So you don't feel like... Instagram moms or, you know, those. Uh, there, there's probably some truth to that. I don't, I don't struggle with that, but I could see how new parents would, you know, the internet was still unfortunately fairly new when I started having kids, <laughs> <laughs> which so is so funny weird. Your kids don't know the world without the internet. I know. I had my first um, email account in like 98, I think, 97, 98, my cousin who was super into computers set up a Hotmail account for me <laughs> back in the day, you know, but it was, I was having kids four years later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway. So email leads to babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's how babies are made. <laughs> um, no, I, we had computer interaction. There was even dating stuff, you know, back on websites and things like that, chat rooms, but it wasn't the same as the Instagram mom thing. Where you're just looking at her going, oh my gosh, look, she's back to her pre-pregnancy weight within a week. And she's, you know, looking amazing. And I am leaking from literally every orifice. Gross. And I smell like milk. And I just want to freaking shower. And I don't want to fall asleep sitting up anymore. Like, I, 
you know, and then you factor in all the hormones and everything after giving birth. And, you know, I think it's really easy, especially you look at somebody, I, I saw somebody accuse Meghan Markle of not having her own kids because of that, that, you know, she used a surrogate and because she came out looking so fabulous walking out of the hospital. Yeah. And, you know, you see enough of a difference. Well, I and I'm that, sure but... she had, you know, a royal prep crew that sure. hair, makeup, and everything. And this moment she got in the But emotions, being able, then... yeah, being able to even get in that dress is, like, mind-boggling to me. I, I'm, like, a walking <laughs> deflated whale for, like, weeks, you know? See, I imagine her as, like, a catatonic Katniss Everdeen. And they're just putting on the dress, and she's just like, uh, okay, smile now. <laughs> all right, you got to walk out. You ready? <laughs> this is when all the cameras are on you. Pay attention. So I'm just curious, because society, you know, it's very interesting to me. Back with Leave it to Beaver, mm-hmm. you know, those type of family sitcoms, I wonder how much pressure that put on yeah, housewives. Maybe, and that's a good point. It just looked different. Their looked their different. medium of intake was different because now, and and it's progressed right as far as how often you can see it. Because Leave It to Beaver was on one time, and if you missed it, you missed it, right? You What's heard about it later, maybe. <laughs> What's a rerun? Yeah, What's, uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, oh, it's a rerun. What's <laughs> that's a, a rerun. rerun? What's a rerun? Yeah, it was just not really an option to be ex- as exposed to it as we are. Now, that doesn't mean that the same level of mommy judgment wasn't there. I'm sure it was. I do it this way, you do it that way, your way's wrong, my way's right. I'm sure that was still a thing, but I don't think it was thrown in their faces as often. Well, I feel like maybe 80s, 90s, early 2000s, people realized, you know, this is just all fake Hollywood scripted, like this isn't real life. Yeah. So that's why we have the internet that came along, because we got to keep the women in line. Gotta have Thank a way you, patriarchy, to, for Google. Gotta have a way to keep them in check. But I feel like, you know, there was a time when people realized it was all fake, and they just were like, whatever. And then we have Instagram come out, and then, oh, it's not some Hollywood set up, this is my neighbor. Yeah. And look at how fabulous This is doing. my real life. So that's well, the it's real still not is. real life. It's still not real life. And I think more and more people are wanting authenticity, even from the influencer's in the world, right? Like there's been so many celebrities that have taken advantage of that, especially from a parenting perspective where women are posting photos of themselves breastfeeding their babies <gasps> in public. Somebody did that recently. I don't know who she was, some model or something. And she's obviously a big influencer. And, and the backlash that comes from that from other moms it was pumping is mind-boggling. It was that's another one. There's a woman. A one? Yeah, there's a woman that who's was holding her baby at her breast, nursing in a restaurant setting. Huh. You know, some coffee shop or something like that. And she said, as soon as I sat down, my baby was hungry. I fed it. All right, patriarchy. We got the boobs out. We need some new. <laughs> Invent something new for us. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of, and, you know, even regular everyday people saying, this is actually who I am. This is my vulnerable post. This is me saying my life isn't always easy. You know, and, and putting themselves out there. Um, who's the one that's married to... Uh, you probably wouldn't know anyway. Um, no, no, I got nothing. She's from Delta, Utah. What the hell is her name? Um, Cook, Chrissy Oakley. Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. Ha, I do know. John, you do know. I almost said John Denver. <laughs> John Legend. Legend. I knew it was like a word. <laughs> like a noun. It was one of those Most names are names. a word. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, 
she's one that has made some vulnerable posts. She posted a picture with her daughter, and she was in her underwear or something, and people just lost their minds. And she's like, yeah, my daughter sees me naked. Like, she's two, you know? And people just are so quick to pounce on others for the decisions that they make. There's a really cool ad that I, I want to get circulating again um, about momming and parenting and how hard it is and the different perspectives that everyone comes from when in reality, we all just want what's best for our kids. In this article, she goes on to say, In truth, there are a whole lot of minutes that I feel annoyed or tired. Being a mom is hard work, and that's okay. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to cry about it and to vent about it. It doesn't make us bad at this. It doesn't mean that we love our kids any less. It makes us human. It makes us doing the best that we can. I didn't enjoy every minute when my nipples were cracked and bleeding, when I was falling asleep sitting up because I was so tired. I was anxious, I was milk-soaked, and I was overwhelmed. But when I look back at the pictures of my babies during that time, I wish for them back. I wish so hard. It was way too fast. It does go by so fast. Especially those early months. I mean, your baby. (laughs) It's it's dragging on for me. Oh well, after the baby comes, it really just all of a sudden they're a month old and they're totally different than they were the first week or two, you know. And then two months is so different than one month. They're just changing so fast. If you go a few days without seeing a newborn baby, it is a completely different baby by the time you see them. You know what I mean? So. I I think a lot of women wish they could freeze those moments because you're so sleep-deprived, because you're so overwhelmed, because you're exhausted, because your hormones are all over the place. You can't really take it all in. But there's some biological protection in that, in my mind, because like we talked about with REM sleep and how you process into memory during that time. Mm -hmm. um, No, I'm sorry, during the rest of the sleeping time. REM sleep, you don't have that memory, which is why you don't save dreams, right? Yeah. Because the memory part of your brain is shut down during that time. But during the rest of sleep, um, we just, you know, that's when we process memory. So when you just had a baby, it's a really good thing to forget (laughs) initially, (laughs) right? Like what you just went through, or we may not have any more, right? Like if that part was imprinted on your brain, the intensity and, and I'm honestly really looking forward to it this time. I'm really looking forward to using hypnobirthing and being prepared and Having Are you being hypnotized or is the baby being hypnotized? Yes. Ooh. Beautiful thing. I actually just listened to my scripts, my tracks in the bath yesterday. I was in for like an hour. Oh. I listened to one kind of meditation that's healing apparently based on megahertz, like the the output, and then I did my scripting and it was almost an hour that I just was in the tub. Which is so funny to me because like if I'm going to take a bath, at least an hour. Yeah. Like I'm going in to soak and relax and... And I don't like being in that long, usually. But this baby loves the water. Anytime I get in the water, super active and moving all over, like, thanks, Mom, I love it. <laughs> it's a little submerging, right? Yes. Weird. Submerged in water. I, but it's already to the point where the water won't cover my belly completely. <laughs> <laughs> the baby's like, wait, wait a second. Why is there a cold spot right here? <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that you... So what advice would you give... Janet having her first babies. She's had her first babies. It's the first week, month. Oh, well, I had twins first. So that one's, you know, it's a little bit different when you're having twins, honestly. Um, But just being a new mom in general, um, get help. I didn't have a lot of help with my first ones because I didn't have a partner at the time. 
he bailed, which, you know, at this point, thank God, <laughs> we moved on. Um, but I, I think having help is key to get breastfeeding off to a good start, to make sure you're getting enough rest and enough food and things like that. I, I would recommend getting more help, not just from your partner, because your partner's exhausted too. But sometimes you can get a postpartum doula. I mean, if that's something that's in your budget, absolutely do. But in general, just um, me specifically going back, uh, it would be a hug and you're doing a great job. Mostly that. Would you have believed yourself? No. <laughs> no. But it still would have been good to hear. Yeah. You know, especially from future me, honestly, going back and saying, no, like, you're doing great. Because I know what I went through and how far I came. Yeah. You know? And that transitional period was part of it, becoming a new mom whether it's with your first baby or not, every time you become a, a mother, again, it's a unique experience because you've never had that baby before. You've never been at that stage of your life, whether it's your second or third or you're having twins or you're having twins again, you know? Yeah. It just, every situation is unique, but the more help you can have, the better off you're going to be because you're getting the rest that you need. Um, but I think just being patient being patient with yourself is, you know, it's hard, especially the first little while because you question everything, especially when it's your first baby. Well, and you've got, like you said, sleep deprivation. Your hormones are crazy. Like, you're starving. Even without a brand new little baby that you have to worry about and take care of, just the transition the human body would go through is, is difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's interesting because she says the advice that she would tell herself is I tell her not to lose herself. I tell her that she was enough, even though it's the hardest thing in the world to believe it. I tell her that there are other people whose microwaves look just as gross as hers. <laughs> I tell her to give away the pants that don't fit. I tell her that she will not, under any circumstance, be able to enjoy every minute. And I tell her that to speak her truth when it was hard. I tell her that she'd find a wonderful community of women that way. I love that, because I was part of a twin mom group when I had my first set of twins. And it was very helpful to have the support of people who were farther along on their journey. You know, there was a woman who ran the group who had triplets. It was a moms of multiples group. And I found them online initially. Um, so it was a good community of women who had been there and who had tips and honestly resources. Like, you know, here's my pillow, my breastfeeding pillow that I'm not using anymore. I was a single mom, you know. And so it was helpful to have that. But I, I love the part where she says, you, you don't, that's the whole point of this, you don't have to enjoy every minute. At 10 days old, Hannah and Haley tag teamed me and I did not sleep one week the entire night, other than dozing off, probably sitting up. Because I would just get one of them to sleep and then the other woke up and I remember just crying and crying and crying, thinking, why are you doing this to me? I can't handle not having sleep and I don't have the help that I need. My younger sister was living at home with my mom where I was, but she had to go to school and my mom had to go to work and I just didn't feel comfortable waking them up. So I almost shook my baby. I was holding Haley and I had just gotten to that breaking point, which 
every parent does. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. There's a reason that they make you become educated about shaken baby syndrome because it can happen to anyone. And so as soon as I as soon as that happened, I just laid her down and I let her cry and I walked out of the room. Because letting her cry doesn't hurt her the way shaking her would damage her brain, yeah. right? And so in that moment, I'm glad I had that clarity. Some people get to the point, especially with sleep deprivation, where they don't have that moment of clarity and they end up shaking the baby. So it's okay to put your baby down and walk away. Even if you have to walk outside and get some fresh air for a second, put them in a safe spot, I need a break. I need to get away. And that's why having the help is so important. There are some times, though, I have to admit that I try and shake your teenagers because I'm just done. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> happens, though. They're past the point of shaking baby syndrome. Uh, <laughs> the brain maybe is I taking up myself on that. <laughs> the brain is taking up the full space, so we're good. No sloshing back and forth. And a head trauma—that's something different. <laughs> she goes on to say, "My kids are all past toddlerhood, and I still don't enjoy every minute. Not even close." I struggle really hard to be present sometimes. There has never been a time when my kids were arguing or whining where I thought, oh, this is enjoyable. <laughs> what I thought was, God help me not lose my ever-loving mind. <laughs> Seriously. And you get that way with teenagers, too. It doesn't sound like she's at the teenager stage yet. I don't think she Which is. she's in for a whole different world, right? A whole <laughs> different, please help me not lose my ever-loving mind. It's just a different level. Like we talked about, it doesn't get easier. It just gets different. different. Yep. I know it's easy to remember the highlights and forget the sweat and tears that come with parenting, just like we forget the pain of childbirth. When I think of my sweet baby snuggled in my arms, part of my heart breaks in half because it was the best and most wonderful. That's so interesting to me that... We always, I feel like social media is just a highlight reel yeah. for the most part. Most part. And we always, and I don't want to be negative and see, you know, other people be negative too because I, I don't want to bring me down. But do we remember all the times that were hard? That were hard. I think we're seeing more, like I said, more and more parents who are being vulnerable. You see the funny tweets, you see the Facebook posts that go viral of people just being real. I saw one recently where a woman is just dying laughing, dying laughing as she's turning on the video. And she's like, I brought my kids to school and I forgot the kids. Her backseat's <laughs> empty. She's supposed to have her boys with her and they're older, like teenagers. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I forgot the kids. She just got them I forgot the kids. Yeah. She needed to get them to school. So she got them to school. Only they were there. There's so multiple she shows, times. When I'm driving your kids to jujitsu, where I almost go to UMA. Yeah. And at the last minute, one of them's like, turn. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw an autopilot of carpool that when I start, you know, this other task, I just autopilot to yeah, where I was, go for carpool. Yeah, she was autopilot. But I think I, we're seeing more and more of those reality posts. Like, you know, you see pictures of this is why kids are the worst sometimes, <laughs> you know, where there's paint all over both of the kids and the TV and the floor, mm. you know, stuff like that. I saw one where, um, this one girl, she was probably just a year older than this 15 month old or so. And she's painting him all over his body with peanut butter. They're sitting on the table and she is literally painting her brother head to toe in peanut butter. 
<laughs> Whoa, the cleanup from that. And so, I, you know, there's moments like that that are, hey, you know, here's how hard it is having kids, right? Getting that camaraderie. But I feel like there's also a lot more parents who are being authentic and saying, I screwed up. Here's what I did. And I apologize to my kids. You know, like I feel like there's getting to be more of that. Yeah. But overall, I agree, social media is mostly just the highlight reel. It's just hard because, again, there's not just a happily ever after. We don't just have, you know, constant good. And maybe that's just my negative attitude. But it's <laughs> no, not it's always realistic. just great. Like, yeah. we have to go to the dentist. We have to go to this appointment. We have to drive here. This is just the day-to-day -day boring and monotonous, frustrating things that we have to deal with. And not only that, there. and not only that, but there's hard times as well. Everybody goes through whether it's medical issues with their kids, or behavioral issues, or you know, loss of a parent, or whatever they're going through. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be things to face, and that's why when I was talking to Jaylene one time, and I think I've mentioned this before, that you know, what do you want for your kids? A lot of people said, well, I just want them to be happy. One guy says. I want them to have the skills they need to cope with anything that comes their way. That, that is what I want for the kids. You know, teaching them life skills and coping skills that will help them overcome whatever they face in their life because nobody <clears throat> knows what challenges they're going to encounter. My phone just scared me, sorry. <laughs> it vibrated and I wasn't expecting it to. <laughs> oh. It's hard, though, because, I mean, with the younger kids, the frustrations are keeping rooms clean, you know, making a mess, leaving stuff out, you know, just kind of day-to-day, -day again, petty things that, if not taken care of, build up over time. And I feel like with the teenagers, it's so much more emotional, social, sure. like their mental health, what's going on. Are they getting what, enough sleep? Yeah. On top of the clean up after yourself, don't leave things out get your room clean because that has never gotten into place which I take full responsibility for but hey we're all alive and you know generally happy and healthy so that's funny because one of your kids the other day I'm pretty sure it was CJ came up and he's like because I was telling Genevieve you have to go do this and this and this before we do anything else and then she got it all done and I was like okay now you have half an hour before anyone gets home this is your time you don't have to be around anybody for half an hour. So I tried to sell her on the point of keep leaving me alone. <laughs> and he comes in and he's like, I realized how much you tell us to do things so that you can be left alone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was doing something. I was doing work at the time. So I was I really wanted to concentrate and get it done so that when the other kids were home, I wasn't trying to multitask that way. Yeah. But I just loved that he's like, I notice. I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'm on to you. <laughs> But I love the idea of, and I'm going to be really sad when Genevieve goes to school because I won't have that half day of just her and I. But I love the idea of being like, this is now your time. And selling it as an idea of, you know, none of your siblings are around. You can go do whatever you want. You don't have to share. You know, this is your time to decompress. And even when it's chaotic and one of your kids is struggling, then I'll say, this is your time to go to your room. And yeah. go do this in this space. But it's hard. And you have so many kids. I do? So it's so much harder. Newsflash! <laughs> this is your invitation to stop having babies. <laughs> it's not an intervention anymore. It's yeah. an invitation. 
will start a fund for me. Get Janet to quit popping out babies. Donate $5 today to her ablation and tubal ligation. <laughs> so she goes on in the article to say, I'm already set that this will be over before I know it. I already wish that I could slow time down. But that doesn't make this any less intense and constant. They are worth every tear. They are worth every glass of wine. They're worth it all. When these moments are all over, I'm positive I will wish for them back. But this is hard too, and it's okay. We will enjoy the moments we can, like flecks of gold hidden in mountains of dirty laundry, mm -hmm. and a drawing I just found under my favorite couch pillow. <laughs> so I'm going on her promise that it'll someday be worth it. Uh, there's grandbabies in the future. I mean, statistically speaking, I shall have at least one. See, and all I hear is, great, we're going to start the cycle over again. I've heard, though, grandkids are so great. They're all the fun without the responsibility. and I, I actually am kind of excited at not just the karma of my kids having kids. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a bitch, man. I remember talking to my mom, specifically with Chuck. He's so much like me. And specifically with him calling and saying, Mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, you know, having teenagers creates a whole new level of, Mom, I get it. I'm really sorry for what I put you through. You know, it's just... But it's I, I'm excited at the thought of watching them grow as parents and watching how it changes you. And, yeah. and if they... I finally have come to a place... Not finally, it's been years, but I came to a place where um, I just... I was okay with my kids not having kids because initially I was like, all of you are going to have eight kids each so that I have lots of grandbabies. <laughs> and then I was like, why, why am I encouraging them to have kids? What if they don't want to? That's okay. That's okay too. If they want to go a different direction with their life than having a family, you know, I having still kids. find a way for them to get their karma. Of, this is what you put us through. <laughs> yes. So you got to experience it. Yeah. We'll find a way for those who choose not to have kids. And I think, you know, we live in a culture where, family is having kids and you know that's still the norm so I imagine most of them will but I've heard that's a lot the reward I I have always said and I've always heard that grandkids are your reward for not killing your own kids <laughs> you know like you don't kill them here's your reward you get these cute little snuggly grandbabies that you get to spoil and send them back we're and have so them. much more excited to see grandma than mom exactly and I'm I don't have to be the bad guy Right? Yeah. You know, I'll still have boundaries for our relationship, but I'm not responsible for raising a good human. It's my kid's responsibility, which is so great. So I can spoil the heck out of them and send them back loaded up on sugar and, you know, late nights and go, have fun. <laughs> and good luck. <laughs> yep. Good luck. Ugh. So that's enticing. But I still have a baby coming, so <laughs> I don't want him having a baby too soon. This kid's going to be an aunt and her uncle at what? Two, three years old, it's possible. I know people that had nieces and nephews that were like five, ten years older than them. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Not common in Utah. <laughs> I know, it's not. But the concept is just crazy. So someday it'll be worth it. I think it's worth it now, honestly, yeah. in a lot of ways. It's fun. You know, there's glimpses of the, not the payoffs necessarily, but seeing the kids accomplish something that they didn't think they could. We're seeing them rewarded for hard work. That's validating, I guess, to me as a parent to know that I've raised a human who's capable of um, success that they didn't know was theirs. Does that make sense? My, that they worked so hard my for. My favorite moments are when I prove them right. 
and they acknowledge it. Like, they yes. understand. I don't need, like, a, you were right, but they're like, oh, suddenly I get it. It clicks, yeah. Or when I hear one of the oldest teenagers say something to the younger kids, and I'm like, see? Yes, see? Now you're getting it. Now you understand why I didn't want to just drive you anywhere at any time. Yes. And why it was such an issue for you to have to... And I warned them of that when they started driving. I was like, it's going to get to that point where you no longer enjoy it. It's not fun anymore. And you don't love having the privilege of driving because of that very thing. But recently, you know, along those successes, uh, Anthony actually got uh, most improved player on the junior varsity team for this year. And That's it was awesome. his first year playing basketball and finally found something he enjoys enough to stick with, which is great. <laughs> He's tried so many things. We've that talked wasn't about a personal this. attack. But, uh, <laughs> it's an underhanded <laughs> compliment. <laughs> Builds you up and tears you down. I love it. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's not special. That's he's true. unique, not special. <laughs> Keep him in his place. That was the best. The one time we found a TED talk where the guys like, "Parents, stop telling your kids they're special." Yes. And now I always can just go back to that. If it's a TED talk. It must be true. It well, yeah. Ted no Talks and Joe Rogan Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, inside jokes. Okay, so the last thing that she ends with, which I thought was very, very interesting. Poignant? Yes. Is, she says, Sister, I am with you. I don't care what your house looks like. But I don't care if your house looks like the bottom of a cereal box. I don't care if your makeup is fresh or three days old. I don't care if you smile a lot, cry a lot, or yell a lot. I don't care if you breastfed or bottle fed, or if you like a glass of whiskey at the end of a long day. I don't care if motherhood fits you like a glove, or like a too tight pair of pants that ride up your nether regions. <laughs> That's a good description. <laughs> I don't care if your house smells like lavender or dirty diapers. I don't care if you stay at home or have a full-time job. I don't care if you're keto or paleo, or eat a lot of frozen pizza and carrot sticks. I am here for you, sister. I am here with you. Solidarity. And this brings me to another topic real quick that we probably should do a longer podcast on. Is this an invitation? No. <laughs> Why do you think community is so important to women and it's really not that important to men? And that's, you know, a generalization. Yeah, it's a generalization versus the individual. Um, I, I disagree that it's not important to men. It just looks different. Because community for men... I don't know, community for women, being a woman with masculine energy is different because community to me is not mom's day at the park. And I mean, it was for a period of time when my kids were all little, just so I could get out of the freaking house and talk to adults, but I had all my kids, right? And so weekly play dates were part of my sanity at that point. But for me, community with women is not always my priority. Community to me involves a lot of men, actually. I, all growing up, and I know a lot of women are the same, all growing up and all through high school, all my friends were guys. You know, I didn't have that girlfriend group. I felt like it was really catty and superficial, and it just wasn't for me. That's the fun part, though. <laughs> <laughs> and see, you tend to have more feminine energy in that respect, where community for you might look different than the average male. Yeah. But generally, I think community for women is what she's talking about, that solidarity of, you know, validation of you as a mother and someone to vent to. And, you know, women generally connect by talking, right? Generalization, but 
usually women create those bonds of trust and openness and vulnerability through talking. And that's why a lot of women get frustrated with the men in their lives because they're saying, I don't want you to fix this. I just want to talk about it. It's not about the nail. <laughs> Have you seen that video? But then why are you presenting me with a problem? <laughs> right because I just need to talk about it. And so that's why it's important, I think, for women to have a group of generally other women that they can talk to and understand that all I want is validation. All I'm looking for, unless I specifically ask for help, all I'm looking for is to feel heard because oftentimes in talking through it, I come to my own conclusions and essentially solve my own problem, right? In, in having a conversation about it and men, tend to bond by spending time together, by doing things together. Whether they're running or playing a sport or golfing, I guess technically that's a sport. I don't consider it a sport. <laughs> you have never golfed, right? <laughs> I've never golfed. <laughs> it gets your I blood pressure up, your heart rate up. <laughs> Especially if you're throwing the clubs. I drove the cart one time. That was pretty much it. No, but I, I think men, you know, going to a sporting event or men just generally bond and create that relationship of trust through doing, not by talking. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the, the need for community is different. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that women need it and men don't. It just looks different for men. Mm. That's your disagree face. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I do disagree, but... I do this disagree. might be a longer conversation. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's a full episode because you can't articulate step. it that yeah. quickly. I just think it looked... Because, for example, when we were leaving the vagina monologues, I was with Jody and her daughters, and I was thinking, is there ever an instance I could think that guys would need to do something similar? And I don't want to get into politics. Yeah, because that's a totally different issue. I don't want to get into that, but is there ever a time that men would need to do something to that, with that same uh, motivation. Would mind. they go in about I'm not the saying, way, you know, I a think. penis monologue or whatever, right. you know. But is there a time when guys would need to do that to feel that same sense of completeness? And I was like, I can't think of it. And then we drove by the Real Salt Lake Stadium and I was like, <laughs> oh, sporting events, you know, things yeah. like that. So I agree, it looks different, but I don't know. I just think that it's a lot lower on the priority list of oh, men for sure. for women. For sure, so it's a needs, lot lower of a need. The hierarchy of needs is a lot different. Yeah, and I think, like I said, that can depend on your masculine versus feminine energy because it's not about sex. It's not about gender identity. For me, it's about who you are, and it comes back to that individuality. Generalizations are always going to be there, but I think what you're talking about is masculine versus feminine, which is different than male-female, if that makes sense. Sex is not the same as energy for me. But that's maybe because I have very masculine energy. I always have. I've been in sales. I'm always, I've always been the kind of person who tends to be the, I'm going to take care of things. I'm going to be in charge of stuff, which generally is a masculine trait, right? Where women are more the nurturers and um, uh, not providers, not protectors. That's more masculine, but... Nurturing and um, growth for the family, I guess. More focused, like you said, on community. Yeah. So it's just a difference in energy, I think, because there's plenty of stay-at-home dads who are so happy in that role. 
they love it. They, job. Yeah, they love right doing there. it's the it's the feminine versus masculine energy, right? It's the yin and yang. And so just because you're male doesn't mean you don't fit into that more feminine role of nurturing and being a caregiver. That's a natural fit for you. Or for me, I'd rather be the provider. You know, I'd rather be the protector and the decision maker. And not that you're not a decision maker. <laughs> that's, that's a separate issue. That is more masculine, right? Versus feminine. But it's hard for me to, and I maybe that's what we should do is approach it from that masculine, feminine perspective. Because that is fascinating uh, research and a fascinating topic to explore. And how society now has equalize that out in not necessarily a healthy way because it's one thing for men and women to be viewed as equals it's another thing entirely to, when you look at balancing masculine versus feminine let's do that let's yeah into let's that. delve into that and then figure out a way to communicate that with your kids <laughs> yeah because it i somebody one of the kids brought up recently one of the teenagers i think about equality <laughs> and i was like okay if you want everything equal we've talked about this We'll take everything down to Genevieve's level. She's five. She can't leave the house by herself. She doesn't get to go out without permission. If that's what you want, fine, let's go down that path. Because you have to accommodate, you know. Now, every day I'm going to ask you, have you showered? Yes. Did you brush your teeth? Are you wearing clean clothes? Yeah. Did you put on clean underwear? <laughs> that's a conversation you want to have with me No, every you day. can't let's use the sharp knife. <laughs> Sorry. You can't cook. You can't, yeah, you don't get to use the burners. You don't get to use the oven. You can't take care of yourself in the way that you are used to. So it's not, it's not necessarily about equality. It's, um, what's the word that you've used for it in the past? It's not fair. It's, I don't know, it's just individualized. Yeah, it's where you're at. But it gets better. <laughs> Lies. That's a total it lie. No, it does. She's ended with... Or not ended, but near the end of the article, she just says, pretty soon you'll forget the bad moments. <laughs> and you'll have different bad moments instead. Yeah. That's the point. So then you'll you don't have newborn. good moments. Yeah, you don't have newborn bad moments. But I think it is really easy to forget those rough spots. Unless you have another baby and do it again. And then it's all going to come flooding back. <laughs> uh, it's just interesting. Everyone's perspective, everyone's expectations, and how that's formed and what it actually looks like for people. And that's what I liked about the article. We're not a sitcom world, even though we're a sitcom culture. Yeah. Well, and then you start to factor in how different parents are when it comes to electronics with their kids. It breaks my heart when I see a kid being pushed in a stroller holding a phone, watching whatever. I'm like, how could that kid not be content just looking at the world around them? Yeah. They would be perfectly fine. And if they're not, teach them how to be perfectly fine being present in the moment it's versus so good to be rotting their brain, literally. I mean, I'm talking kids under two. Yeah. And if they have access to it in public, imagine what that looks like at home, right? It's just continuous stimulation with blue light. It's continuous. Expecting rapid, to be entertained. That's and not just that, but the, the rapid change. I mean, you look at, you know, even just a, a quick commercial or something. How often... Your attention is switched and switched and switched and switched and switched. And when that happens, what that does to your brain, especially as you're trying to grow those neurons and connections in the brain and the, develop the schema of the world around you and what it means, it's just bam, 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 inundated all the time. 
Seriously, yeah, because this generation, good luck. Well, and that's what our parents said, right? Because <laughs> we had video games and they didn't. Do you know what I mean? It's well, I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> but video games <laughs> were available at our friends' houses sometimes. <laughs> I didn't have them either. My mom was completely anti and anti Barbie, actually. I got to play with Barbies at my cousins' or friends' houses, but we did not have them. We did not have video games at home. Yeah, it's a different world entirely, and they're facing different challenges. But in a lot of ways, this up-and-coming generation is killing it. you got to give them credit for... <laughs> I want to say something, but I'm not. I'll say it for after the podcast, because it's kind of controversial. Say, yeah, safe. <laughs> um, but they're doing innovative things that I our generation never would have even thought of. You know? So, and maybe that, I mean, that's a topic for another day. But builds well. on our generation, because that's how I got those ideas. Uh, yeah, same for our parents, and same for their parents, and same for their parents. I'm not saying that... The evolution. Yeah, I'm not saying that they deserve all the credit, but they're doing well with what they've been given overall. I don't know. Part of me feels really hopeful for the future. I'd rather focus on what they're doing well than what they're not. I'm really trying to shift my, my energy, especially as I'm preparing for this birth. This hypnobirthing, hypnobirthing class has been great. It's called the Curtis Method. Shout out, Laurel and Curtis. Um, it's been very transformational just after the first class of where you put your focus because where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're putting your focus on the negative, it's like when you're driving your car, right? They tell you to keep your eyes forward because if you're looking at a car parked on the side of the road, what are you going to do? So you're naturally going to drift towards it, right? Because that's where your energy is going. That's where your focus is. So try to focus on the good. Think about that with the kids, too. You know? And I'll be realistic and tell them all the bad. <laughs> they already know all the bad. These are the ways to change. Yeah. I mean, there's always ways to improve. But Well, yeah. And the hard part I have with that, this is a completely different conversation we need to have another time, is that I don't like the mindset of just because we haven't talked about it, it's solved and it's gone away. The problem's gone away. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, to circle back, coming back to, you know, being patient with yourself as a parent and appreciating the fact that you're not going to enjoy every moment, you still have the ability to focus on that gratitude, right? You still have the choice of where that focus goes. Because like you said, I was complaining about the pain that I'm in and the discomforts that I deal with with pregnancy. I choose to focus most of my energy on the beauty. I'm trying. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a constant thing for me, but I'm listening to affirmations for this birth and, you know, really diving in. And I'm hopeful that I can create a habit out of it enough that that continues over into, you know, parenting and my daily life in general, just really focusing my energy and my focus towards the positive and towards where I want to go, not where I was or not where I'm scared of heading. That makes sense. So, and I think that's important as a parent. You know, instead of being worried about all the things that could happen, it, here's the thing that got reframed for me in that class. What if? What if my kid gets hit by a car? What if your kid's completely safe forever and never gets hit by a car? Isn't that also a possibility? And, and changing that what if moment, instead of from a place of fear and what you don't want to have happen, instead shifting that to what you do want to have happen. What if I have a beautiful, uncomplicated birth? What if my baby's completely healthy? Because it's easy to get caught up in all the fears of what could happen. Well, I don't want to put my energy toward that semi-truck parked on the side of the freeway that I'm going to hit. I want to focus instead where I want to go 
and get to that destination in the best way possible. Just to focus. My head hurts. Yeah, I can see it spinning. <laughs> you can see the, see the wheels spinning. Uh, what was it you said before? My bread hurts? My bread hurts. Your brain head. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. <laughs> I appreciate you listening. <laughs> yeah, if there's things that you've thought of that have been helpful, um, you know, in the past, with, you know, as far as, like, enjoying the moment or being okay with not enjoying the moment, you know, what are some things that have been helpful Share away. We'll post it on our Facebook. And Join our community. Join our community of crazies. Love you. Love you. Bye.